After conquering stage four cancer, Amy Lee founded Dance for Healing, a telehealth live video platform. Welcome to Textonation, and joining us is Amy Lee. Thanks for being with us, Amy. Thank you, Fred. You know, it's always enjoy your beautiful voice <laughs> that I just told you. Um, yeah, so it's an honor to be interviewed by you. Thank you. Well, tell us, tell us a little more about your journey. I just touched on the surface there. Yeah, so I used to work in tech, um, you know, and I was, uh, you know, at Yahoo as an art director, then I was an AT&T inter interactive R&D as a user experience manager. And so my background is mostly in technology. Um, and then in 2012, uh, after working for large corporations for so long, I kind of feel like there's a desire that I wanted to pursue my uh, passion in the social impact space. Um, and I was invited to apply for senior university that ended up giving me a full scholarship to go to NASA in the Bay Area to uh, for this 10 week intense uh, global entrepreneurship program. Uh, my class was uh, 80 people from 36 countries. Uh, so, you know, it was a huge uh, diversity and I was super excited. And then, you know, life is just like a movie. Um, I thought like, yeah, Amy gonna change the world. I went to NASA. Then I was discovered that I actually had cancer that was wrongly diagnosed. But luckily, because the change of their, um, you know, the area that allowed me to see new doctors that in allowed the cancer diagnosis to come out. Yeah. So, yeah, life is crazy, right? <laughs> and that obviously was an ordeal. It was, it was as your, as we've said, it was stage four. It was fairly advanced. But... Yeah. And I think a huge part is because I was wrongly diagnosed. Um, and then by the time when the correct diagnosis came out, uh, in about 53 days, uh, I went from a normal brain in my skin um, in Los Angeles, went to Bay Area for a second in my skin to two centimeter tumors in my brain. Yeah. And so this is also why <laughs> I'm writing my book right now, because uh, I think that people need to know you know, all these things happen to patients and families. And my mom literally said, you know, went up to study in NASA, save my life. Because imagine if I didn't move, I was wrongly diagnosed. I was actually given wrong medication. Um, and luckily, one of the medication, I decided not to take it uh, because I was diagnosed with myasthenia gravis, which is an autoimmune disease, where it could have similar symptoms that I have eye drooping and double vision. Uh, but imagine if you have a tumor that, you know, grow to impact your cranial, uh, cranial nerves, and your muscle nerve, you could have similar symptoms. But because my wrong diagnosis, um, I was prescribed medication to tighten my muscle and that kind of completely destroyed my sleep. Uh, and then the second medication is actually um, a steroid medication that I refused to take it. Uh, you know, thank God to my middle sister who'd been dealing with lupus her whole life. And I knew how bad taking that steroid medication could create this long-term impact and how to get off. And I refuse to take that. So that saved my life. Because imagine if I'm already lack of sleep because of this wrong medication, then the second medication completely suppress my immune system. You know, you could, you could probably imagine how bad that, that could be, right? Yeah. Sure. And yeah. so this battle went on, I'm, I'm sure, for quite some time. And you've come out of it victorious. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know. If I if I don't tell you that I'm a stage four cancer survivor, you probably will not know. 
you know, like most people thought like, you know, I'm just this mighty, you know, bubbly <laughs> that like to, you know, laugh and tell jokes and stuff. Uh, yeah, it is, uh, it is kind of hard when I was going to do it, you know, and, and this also inspired me to create a dance for healing because I literally went back to my childhood love of music, dance and art, you know, during cancer. Uh, I picked up my outbrushes after 12 years. Um, I listened to music on the day I can get out of the bed. Um, and then the only um, movement exercise program I'm allowed to attend because my immune system is so compromised as at the cancer center. And it just happened to be, to be a music and movement program. But then even on that day, I was too sick or don't have a volunteer driver. I will have no activity for several weeks. And that kind of inspired me to like, wow, who in my age, you know, that, that you know, has stage four cancer and had a technology background and then had a deep appreciation for creative arts and then also being educated by all the clinical study behind creative arts. And I just feel like if I don't do something, it may not ever happen. You know, like, you know, I'm just like someone who kind of putting into that piece of puzzle where, you know, I experienced this. And for me, it was a experience of that, you know, the isolation, the neediness, you know, for a lot of elderly people dealing with, you know, like when they get older, chronic patients, when they're stuck at home, you know, and me phone from like in one year running a marathon to the next year, you know, pretty much stuck at home, go through a whole year of cancer treatment. You can imagine that whole life shifting was very, very dramatic, right? Yeah. So Dance for Healing, describe for the audience what that is. <laughs> yeah, so Dance for Healing is an AI-powered live video platform that helps uh, chronic patients and elderly to find compatible buddy to build fun, healthy habits. Uh, we pre-recorded in live video classes. Uh, and I joke around like imagine YouTube meets Zoom meets eHarmony for health buddies. That's kind of what we do. <laughs> yeah. And how did you get the word out? People have good ideas and create things, you know, try to create things all the time. But to get it out there and to get it noticed and to get people using it, how did you accomplish that? Yeah, so what's interesting is um, I first started with, like went to hackathon and just like build prototypes, you know, because my uh, extensive background in technology is product development, right? You know, and I also... My undergrad is graphic design. So, you know, it was one of the top design schools. So it was really good for me to mark up some interface that looks beautiful and get all the programmers excited. And then, you know, we end up keep winning a lot of hackathons. So that allowed me to kind of build product. And then on top of that, I just had a huge amount of passion that I myself was lucky to survive and recover. And I just went to talk to... Um, a dance teacher who actually did a fundraiser for me when I was diagnosed with cancer, uh, you know, and imagine at that time I was super sick. I didn't even know if I can make it to the fundraiser. And then, you know, I walk into the room with a whole room of people waiting for me and my mom to walk into the room. And then they all like so excited. And like, you know, like when we walked in, when I was barely able to move. And, and then like, when they were asked me, like, do I have anything to say? I literally was just no words, no words coming out from my mouth. And this is imagine like I have won a public speaking contest since I was 12. And I speak on a lot, <laughs> a lot of stage performers. At that particular moment, 
I have no words. Literally, I was in tears. I was so moved by the dedication to help me recover. Uh, you know, and they were so excited and able to see me like, you know, there with my mom. And, you know, I didn't expect this like a year later, you know, like I ended up went back to the same teacher and I was like, hey, I have this idea because I personally benefit from this. And I wanted to like build a, a dance program for cancer patient. And we have started testing this technology platform. You know, what do you think? And she got super excited. So she started talking to her friends, you know, and what's interesting is in the dance community, if you start with a really, really good instructor, whatever the caliber of the, um, you know, that the people they bring in is the same, because it's almost like the verification of their level of expertise. And also since I started with a really good instructor, the other instructor that she introduced me to, she brought in, you know, it turns out to be like all like the top instructor in the Bay Area. And so I somehow just got everybody excited. Uh, you know, I think throughout the whole program, I probably have 40 volunteers that I launched the program without any funding. And then we invited the uh, Stanford program officer, you know, to one of our launch party and she got so excited. So she ended up inviting Dance for Healing to join the Stanford's uh, patient supported care program. And so like literally just took off because I have so much passion and I get people excited and everybody wanted to help me. And so, yeah, so that's how I get started. <laughs> and that continues to this day. We'll, we'll talk about you know, what exactly Dance for Heal Healing is doing now, but mm -hmm. you just uh, became part of uh, an NIA program. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this is super exciting. I actually just have our first kickoff meeting uh, with our coach um, that was uh, designated to their consulting agency that work with NIH. Um, and it's going to be a 10-week program. Um, and then they will help us uh, facilitate the whole process of uh, writing this NIH grant that we previously have submitted a one-page summary to tell them what we're trying to build. Um, the program is an intergenerational program. Um, so we were part of the Stanford Startup Garage uh, where we were required to conduct 100 interviews in the Bay Area. And then so it started to become really clear when we conducted these interviews. The most popular activity in the Alta Center was uh, music, dance, or art. And then the second one is an intergenerational program. So they will have like kindergartner coming to play with the elderly or high schooler coming to walk with them. And that really sits in my head all the time. And I always had this desire, like, how do I bring the two generations together to create this, you know, bonding experiences um, and to address the challenges of technology adoption for the elderly. Uh, and then also allow the elderly to feel they can continue contribute you know, like even though they age, right? Like, you know, I was just talking to the program officer that how I overheard my mom was talking to her social worker saying like, yeah, you know, when you get old, you kind of feel like a little bit like, no, you're not losing value. You're not able to contribute to people, you know? And so like, that's like a lot of elderly kind of feel, right? And so in our intergenerational program, you know, in addition to how we previously matched the compatible buddy, we also asking questions specific like, what do you want to teach? What do you want to learn? You know, and like when I was talking to uh, Joy, the NIA officer, uh, who I connected, you know, do Mary and things to you and Mary uh, in your academy, 
you know, that she was super excited. She was like, oh, yeah, you know, we see so many proposals. And sometimes you're just like scratching your head, like, why do they keep saying the same thing, right? And she thought like our proposal is very unique. She hasn't really seen that many uh, proposals that was, you know, specific on intergeneration. And she was super excited when I mentioned that, you know, we're adding this additional component to match the elderly and the young. Um, and then from her own experience, uh, she used to work in like, you know, um, elder centers, you know, their, the caregiving facilities where she really was there with these elders. And so she knows a lot about, you know, the sort of, you know, sort of self uh, judgment, like when we get old, you kind of lose the value. And that's a hard thing, you know, like you can imagine like for someone who like maybe a president of a company, all of a sudden they get, oh, no one's reporting to them. They can't teach anybody. And, and the older they get, they started to feel kind of like, you know, like less value, right? And so, so we also wanted to contribute that to the, to the elders in addition to technology uh, adoptions. The other side of it though, um, I was in the behavior health summit uh, the week before and it was very shocking during this pandemic, three out of four have reported eight to 10 on a scale of uh, one to 10 in terms of stress level. And then the other data was sad. One out of four, 18 to 24 year old, have tried to uh, self-harm, like suicidal attempts in the last year. And so that's just even bring out more urgency to like, how do you, you know, bring this two generation together so, you know, the old can get the support from the young for technology adoption, you know, and for this, you know, self-value, you know, again, present to them for the young, allow them to contribute to someone. It's also something allowed them to like, you know, reduce their anxiety and depression and, and, you know, able to giving is also a very loving gift, right? Yeah. So we're kind of like excited about how we can bring these two generations together. So there's obviously, there are obviously a lot of benefits from physical activity mm -hmm. by itself, just the, just the act of, of dancing, I suppose, but the social aspects of it are, are probably equally or maybe even more important here. Yep. And, and you're crossing generations. Initially, I think you, you were probably focused on helping other people who had gone through or going through what, what you went through with cancer. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the scope has, has broadened considerably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so you probably see this data right here. <laughs> Dancing reduced uh, the risk of dementia by 76%. Um, and a lot of our decision to go out of just cancer is because of these, you know, really striking medical research data. Uh, you know, so in addition to uh, dementia for this NIA, we actually currently also writing a grant for NSF, and that is focused on cardiovascular health for diabetes and hypertension patients. And that is also because of um, there's a separate study from um, from UK, 48,000 patients, uh, the study was published by University of Sydney, shows that compared to other exercise, dance reduced cardiovascular death by 46%, you know? And so that's also why we kind of, you know, uh, go from just cancer, start expanding to other chronic disease, especially the one that have really high data already verified by prior studies that can really help patients.
So where do you go from here, Amy, uh, with this? Where, where does Dance for Healing go? Yeah, so what Dance for Healing, uh, what I like to see is I want to create a social movement that, you know, across the globe where, you know, we can bring, you know, culture, art, you know, um, the rich, the rich from all these different, you know, uh, continents, like, you know, in Middle East and, you know, um, Latin America and Africa, and you know, all these different rich creative arts culture into the U.S. hosted on our online platform uh, and then spread around the world. And then what I see and not only just for um, health benefits, both mental and physical, it's also, you know, it's a global peace project in some sense, right? Because I feel like there's a deep level of appreciation for who someone is when you get to know a little bit about their art and culture, uh, you know, and we actually uh, currently part of the Founder Institute where we got really present to the UN's, uh, you know, initiatives and we have to go in and identify which part of it we our company actually addressing, you know, and so that really you know bring present to like you know we're actually creating an ecosystem to bring this global culture and art and spread around the world and to empower people, you know, able to you know feel um, you know fun and connected with their loved ones, you know, and being matched to a compatible buddy, you know, and to like just feel healthy habits in a more fun, easy way, yeah. And can people who do know each other, who may be separated by distance, can they yeah, just find, find themselves on the platform as well? Yeah, absolutely. So during COVID, I decided to open our platform for the first time uh, you know, to the public. And we have like 372 people signed up. Um, and then that was just like an initial effort to support you know, like people during this pandemic. And then, you know, from that, we actually wanted to expand to like empower the young to support the old. You know, the, the biggest stress population currently is those who deal with aging parents. You know, the sandwich generation have aging parents, have younger kids. And during this pandemic, they're the one who work from home, got to figure out how to care for their parents remotely have kids potentially at home, they need to figure out how to homeschooling them. And they're dealing a lot with stress. And these group of people are, you know, contribute to our economy. If they're down, our economy is going to be down, right? You know, and so we definitely feel that this platform in a way is not only allow them to support their parents remotely, you know, whether it's themselves or get an old uncle to dance with, you know, <laughs> their mom, their dad, you know, or like, you know, mom connected to all high school friends, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, so like, we actually offering like, you know, you buy one, get one 50% off. If the second person that you buy in is, you know, an elderly or a patient, you know, the second subscription will be 50% off. Yeah. And also encourage like their kids to dance with their grandparents. Like my niece just came back and I just like seeing how she and my mom were like, sit in the patio and talk for like hours, you know, it was just very encouraging, you know, like, like to see that the beauty of intergenerational connection. Terrific. So tell us about the subscriptions, how this works, if people want to give this a try. Yeah, so um, currently, you can actually go to danceforheating.com. Um, and you and it's can the numeral four, we should point out. Yeah, numeral four, yes. So dance number four, heating.com. 
Um, and then you can go there to sign up, uh, you know, get email to how to sign up for our platform. Uh, you know, and now because we're coming out of COVID, we're going to migrate to a different platform. So the free offering is still available. So grab it where you can before we do the migration. After we do the migration, we were be offering, like, say, if you wanted to find out your personality type to dance, you know, we have like three different levels and we kind of joke around like easy breezy, you know, mellow yellow dance machine, you know, and we're like, discover your dance personality type. So that would be like a free offering for anybody who wanted to just do it a try, do our different energy levels. Um, and then, you know, uh, for the future version, there will be a free, uh, you know, to try, you know, whether it's maybe 15 days and someone, sometimes we might do promotion of 30, 60 days, you know, it depends on whether it's a holiday or something like, you know, that we wanted to promote. Um, but for now, you can go to my website before our migration to still sign up for free as for now. Yes. Terrific. Do you know what the subscriptions will eventually cost? Uh... Yeah. So we are thinking about $29 uh, per month. Uh, that will give you a monthly subscription to our entire library. You can do it anytime, anywhere with friends and family. Um, and you bought, you know, a, a mom or dad or an elderly or even want to contribute just supporting a chronic patient or an elderly, the second suspicion will be 15. So you will get two suspicions for $45. Um, and then if you do annual, that will be even lower. Um, so if you do like the annual, it will end up become like $20 or something. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what we're offering. Um, and then uh, we all also uh, launch our signature eight-week mindful movement program online as well. So that is also something to watch out. And uh, you do have instructors on here and such as well, right? You've got a, a groups of people who, and yeah. that's that's another aspect of this that during the pandemic, a lot of a lot of dance instructors, fitness people were were not able to work. And you've yeah. So in. we during the pandemic, we actually started the instructor program where we actually train instructor how to present themselves online, how to teach online, how to work out the lighting, you know, all these experiments that I have right here. And now is actually in the effort helping other instructor that I bought the lighting, bought the mic, you know, trying to kind of help them figure out how to best teach. Um, and then, so now we have a whole group of instructor we already trained. So now we kind of circle back to like, you know, building our outer care clients. Uh, you know, right now we're talking to Brookdale, you know, we're gonna do an entertainment forum in another week um, and uh, about two weeks ago we did our we did our uh, remote entertainment and, and it was kind of funny like I came in and there was a last a lot of last minute changes <laughs> but you know at the end I wasn't even sure they're able to interact with me because you can barely see them right because in the activity room uh, and then the activity director was like oh my god this is my best turnout it's like the most people we have in probably the last past year you know, and they were super excited. I was able to do like this fun exercise. Like how many of you go to uh, an event and somebody come up to say hi to you and you feel embarrassed because you don't remember their name. And I was like, raise your hand. A lot of people <laughs> raise their hand, you know, and I teach them this fun exercise. So like, imagine like, you know, uh, you know, my name is Amy. I'm going to say an animal's name, start with the first letter of my first name and do the animal dance. Everybody had to follow me. So I was like showing like, Amy, the alligator. Oh, 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 oh. 
yeah, you know, it's like everybody's like following me. And afterwards, I was like, who remember my name? And then people are like, Amy. <laughs> and so, so like, I was like, okay, anybody want to give it a try? And then it was dead silent. So I was like, oh, shoot. And like, yeah, they're like, going to be put this fair now. And then somebody shouted in the back, was like, and I know <laughs> it was really funny. And then, so at the end of that exercise, we ended up have like, I think we have like 12 people in the room, which normally they only have like three or four people. <laughs> so it's literally is their best attendance. Um, and then there's like uh, probably eight or nine animal created by the end of that exercise. It was really fun. And then we asked them like, okay, so who remember that person's name? And they'll be like, yeah, the butterfly, the bee. You know? <laughs> so yeah, so it was like super cool. Just like remote interaction taking some of our in-person program that we previously done. And this is a really fun exercise that people love. And we're able to kind of start implementing them online. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on, on all that you've done so far. And there's much more to come, obviously. The yeah. Web, the website, again, is Dance for Healing, D-A-N-C-E, the numeral four, healing.com. Yes. Amy Lee, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Thank you. And Fred, I, I love your um, commitment to this community. And it's amazing to see you and Mary. Oh, my gosh. Like your, the events that you guys put together, the academy you guys put together. It's really, really, um, you know, I would say honored to be part of this community uh, because I learned so much. And all of a sudden I feel like, oh, wow, this is my try. <laughs> and I finally find it because, you know, like there's so many people so passionate about helping the elderly and you know figuring out together how to support them how to provide help support how to provide technology support to this community that is really under addressed yeah well thank you and for more on that uh, for our audience the website is maryfurlong.com slash podcast that's where the what's next living longer better smarter podcast resides we hope you'll check that out thank you again for joining us amy Thank you. Bye. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers, and that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC Skywave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.